You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Monday, March 29th. And with Tyson Alulu back in the fold, the Steelers get a guy back that everyone was saying they were losing was going to be a hurt piece. But now some say it's not a big deal. I say why it is. Then, in the second, we're going to be getting to what the owners' meetings are going to reveal later this week, and that is that there's going to be a 17th game, and the Steelers are probably going to be adding the Seahawks to their schedule. I'll talk about that in the second segment. And then, of course, it's Mock Draft Monday. Who's Mock Draft? One of the Locked On Steelers listeners who submitted theirs. I'll reveal in the final segment of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Let's get into it. So you guys remember how over the last couple weeks, all we heard was the Steelers were losing too many players who were important players in the defense. You know, Mike Hilton, now Steven Nelson, and Tyson Alulu, and Vince Williams, and Bud Dupree, and how this was going to destroy the Steelers, that it was all Juju's fault because he took a contract, even though we knew it wasn't Juju's fault because his cap hit was $2.4 million, and all of those players that were leaving were signing for more money than what he was costing the Steelers in 2021. But, you know, we knew all those things, but still there was the narrative out there that Juju was destroying the team with by, by the Steelers bringing him back and all these other things. And we knew they were hokey. Um, but, you know, again, we said that it was like, hey, it's obvious they're not leaving because Juju's staying or that there's a culture problem in the Steelers. It's just, hey, this salary cap crunch is real. And Tyson Alulu was revealed on Stan Saverin's show in Pittsburgh on uh, 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 WDVE radio where he said, you know, I wanted to go home because my family's down there. And they they've been staying down there, and so he revealed that was part that was part of the things down there. And uh, then the report came over this weekend: Tyson Lulu was in fact coming back to the Steelers. And this is what happens when we say there's an agreement between team between a player and a team to sign a contract, because it doesn't mean that they've signed the contract. It means that we know that the teams they've spoke on the phone and they've said, "Hey, I'll do that," but nothing is finished until the player goes to the team facility and physically signs the contract that that binds them to the team and that's what hadn't happened with Tyson Alulu because he had tested positive for COVID-19 and that had prevented him from traveling and uh in the and the time that he had to wait before he could travel to Jacksonville basically the Steelers had talked to him Joe Hayden TJ Watt Cam Hayward all were posting about it we we got Tyson to come back and how excited they were and it shows he wasn't leaving because of the money he chose to come back to the Steelers, and he chose to come back to the Steelers for less money than what the Jaguars were paying him. Now, help me out here, but I believe that's at least the second player who's taken less money to, to stick with the Steelers, because if you count Juju, that's two. So, for all the the hooting and hollering that the Steelers are, you know, people are abandoning ship and that this is just a bad, te- bad team and no one wants to be here. We, we knew that wasn't the case. And this further shows it. Because Tyson Lulu didn't want to leave because the Steelers were bad or anything like else. He knew that he was a good fit. 
And honestly, yes, was it going to hurt the Steelers? Yeah, but they were going to be able to find, uh, they were going to be able to go out and say, hey, let's go and try to get, you know, Daquan Jones or some guy that's in free agency or even a, even a rookie. He said, you know what? You step in, you, you'll you be able to make plays. But Tyson Lulee knew is very good against the run, fits in their scheme, and plays well next to Tuit and Hayward and is a good spell guy when those need to come off the field and they want the Steelers stay in their, uh, you know, their nickel package. So this is a this is a win all around for the Steelers. They get back a veteran for two for on a two year deal, and he gets to stick around and continue to play in a unit where he was thriving. And it gives them defensive line depth. And now they don't even have to really defense draft a defensive lineman. I mean, they probably will in the seventh round like they do every single year. But now they've got Hayward, Tuit, Alualu, and Chris Wormley, who they signed to an extension. And you still got Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs battling it out at the bottom of the, of, the, of the depth chart. Apparently, they also battle on the sidelines, as we saw during one of the games this year. But the bottom line is this, is that Alulu staying tells me that this team is closer than you think. When people were getting down on Juju late in the season... And the Steelers were losing and people were saying, oh, other teams are getting fired up and they're beating the Steelers because of his TikTok dancing. Joe Hayden came to his defense and said, man, let my dude dance. He, yeah, There's nothing wrong with him. Leave him alone. We're losing for other reasons. And if you listen to this show, you knew it. it or if you just knew how to watch football, you knew that too. But we know sometimes things have to get distorted. I get that. And once again, we were in we're in the off season, and things were being conflated to be bigger than they actually were. The only reason that so many Steelers, defensive Steelers had to leave this year was because the salary cap dipped so much. We knew it was coming. We talked about it all season long. Heck, we talked about it all last off season. Tony and I were even talking about it before last off season when we were both on the show every day together. And how this this day would probably come at some point. And it did. But, you know, the Steelers deal with it. And they stick to who they can. And they try to offer the contracts that they think they can get people to stick around with. And now it's apparent that with Tyson Alulu, he he was always interested in taking it. But he felt like there were outside decisions and what appears to be his family. As to why he chose to leave. But now he's coming back to stay. Because he's like hey you know what. My guy's convinced me. And as was brought up. I think Tom Pellisor reported like you know. Part of the season is this guy's built a dream house here in Pittsburgh. They, he's in a good school system. Where if he wants to bring his kids. So like he's in a really good spot. So it's not like he's being he's forced out of here. And again. The fact that the players were able to talk him into that. I think it shows the camaraderie amongst the team. And it shows that these guys do like each other. They're willing to work together. And that there is a culture to bring them together, to fight together, and to train together. And that they can get better together. So, a nice little feel-good story for the Steelers over the weekend. Haven't had too many of those in the free agency period yet, but I don't think that's done. We'll get back to that later in the week when we talk to Tony, Dean, Josh, all our guests. But we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about something that's coming up this week that impacts the Steelers' schedule. Stay tuned.
BetOnline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's talk about what's coming. Because I just talked about what happened with Tyson Alulu and what I think that means. But let's talk about what's coming. And what's coming this week is NFL owners meetings. And with NFL owners meetings means voting. And with voting, we know the big thing that's already basically been approved. We're just waiting for the final hammer to fall. And that's that there's going to be a 17-game NFL season. You know it. I know it. We've talked about it on this show. We've you know, people have written about it, but it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to add a 17th game. Now, outside of how crazy that is, because this game is already extremely dangerous, and they t- the NFL talks about believing in player safety and all these other things, and then they add a 17th game, and it looks like they're not even going to add a second bye week to everyone's schedule to help with that 17th game season. That's besides the point. I'm sure we could talk about that a lot, and we will talk about that a lot over the next few weeks, but... According to Peter King, and I wrote about this for DKPittsburghSports.com, so check it out there. But according to Peter King, the Steelers, with the system that's in place, the Steelers would be slated to play the Seattle Seahawks as their 17th opponent. Now, this is because of the system saying, okay, the the extra opponent will be from from the other conference... And be from a division that you played two years ago. And you'd play the team in that division that finished in the same place as you finished in your division. So I know that sounded like a word, uh, a word, uh, a mouthful, I guess that would be the proper way to say. So let me make that simpler. The NFL's schedule is already constructed in a very straightforward way. You play six games in your division because you got three division opponents. You play them each twice. So that's six games. You then play an entire AFC division that rotates every year. So this year, the Steelers, uh, I believe, are playing the AFC West. So they play the Chiefs, Broncos, everyone involved, Raiders. Um, And then they also play an entire NFC division. And this year, that would be the NFC North. And with that, that would... And then also they would play... The uh, the two divisions that they're not that they don't play in the AFC, they would play the two teams that finished in the top spot that they did last year. So, for example, um, the Steelers won their division this this uh, this last year. So that means they would play if they're playing all of the AFC West, they will play the team that won the division in the AFC East and the team that won the division in the AFC South, which means the Titans and the Bills. And that would make your 16 game season now. 
what the 17 game season does is it says, hey, and this is according to Peter King, he was the person who originally reported this, and I haven't seen it challenged anywhere. But according to this system, the Steelers would then play the, play the division, would play the division, who they played two years ago, and because they won the division, the AFC North last year, they play the team that won that division last year. So that division is the NFC West, which means they're playing the 12 and four Seattle Seahawks, which means Russell Wilson gets to play them again, and supposedly this game would happen at Heinz Field. So that's part of the mix there, right? Now, that's a tough draw. Because the Steelers already have the toughest strengths of schedule in the NFL. And that just got worse because now you're playing a 12-14. and 14. Now granted, the, the Seahawks got holes like everybody got holes. But you still got to deal with Russell Wilson. And the Steelers actually have never beaten Russell Wilson. Now they've only played him twice. But I think this this rule is actually kind of cool, not for the fact that it's adding a 17th game, but I've always thought it's tough because when you're playing NFC opponents, you know you won't play them again in four years unless you meet them in the Super Bowl. So now you get an extra option where you get to play an, you know, an NFC team that you played two years ago. So now there's a more chances for interconference rivalries and things like that. And I like that. That's cool. But this could be a sort of making of an interesting challenge for the Steelers. Because there's always that moniker or that that narrative that the Steelers play down to their competition because they lose to the teams with the losing records and yada, 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 all that stuff. But I'm confused because if they have a do a bad job beating teams with losing records, then how do they have always have either a winning record or they finish 8-8? Eight and eight? They've never had a losing record under Mike Tomlin. So if they lose to the bad teams, that means they're just doing really well against the good teams? I, how does that ha- happen? I don't know. But then the reality is, again, when you look at all the teams out there, everybody loses to losing teams at one point or another. It's the NFL. It's why the saying, and there's a whole movie that says, any given Sunday. But still, adding the Seahawks means you've got to play the Seahawks. you got to play the Bills. You got to play the Titans. You got to play the Chiefs. You got to play the Packers. I mean, between the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Bills, that's already three teams that were in the conference championships last year. The only one that they're not playing is the team that won the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Seahawks, they're another division winner that you slap in there, but you also got to count the Ravens twice. You got to count the Browns twice, and both of them are playoff teams from last year. So it's, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. But this is where the Steelers often step up. Whenever I, I hear that the Steelers are going to fall apart, that's usually when they make their best moves, right? I mean, in 2019, they didn't even have Ben Roethlisberger. They found a way to go 8-8. Eight and eight. When everyone thought they were done and finished and this was this is dumb, this is futile. They're getting a top five pick this year. And then, oh, great, they traded away their top five pick. Only no, they didn't. They got Minka Fitzpatrick and they've kept, they've kept you know winning in the rounds. And by the way, they've won that trade because the offensive tackle the Dolphins got with that pick isn't even as good as Kevin Dotson, who is the fourth round pick they got in that trade. That's a whole other story, by the way. So, but point being, yes, the Seahawks add to the strength of schedule for the Steelers. 
but I don't think it matters that much. I think what's going to matter is can the Steelers get this run game together and can the defense absorb the blows that it's had to its to its uh its roster in, in the in the offseason? Is free agency becoming that important? Can they get a number two cornerback back in the roster? Can they get a slot cornerback? Can you can they figure out what's happening in the secondary? They do those things and get the run game going, they'll be handling their business in 2021. They'll be fine. And they'll be fine because they'll they'll have they'll be in a position where they can play teams. I, I you know when again when Juju said the Browns is the Browns, everyone's like oh he's insulting the Browns da 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 Browns honor and all that. First of all, calm down. Second of all, it's what the Steelers have always said. The Steelers are the Steelers. The Browns are the Browns. The Bills are the Bills. Mike Thomas always says you know nameless gray faces across from us. We gotta focus on us. We gotta we gotta do our best to win. And that's how you gotta operate. It doesn't matter who who lines up opposite of you. You do your job. I mean, and heck, that's the Steelers' like code. There's always the legendary story of when Chuck Knoll was coaching one day, and the Steelers, in one of the the, ho- the opposing team's hotels, they left uh, an Oilers playbook back in the seventies. Back in the day, the Oilers were a tough team that were they were they were the team that was pushing the Steelers in the AFC Central back in the day. And he held up the the playbook and he threw it in the trash. And he said, we don't need their stuff. We're good enough to beat anybody by ourselves. That's the Steeler way. You don't need to cheat. You don't need to to, to do all that. You focus on you. You get it done because you're talented enough to beat these guys. If you do your best. And still, yeah, study the other team and what their tendencies are. But there's no reason to go go all the way out of your way and change who you are just for that. Do what you do. And if the Steelers can play great defense, develop a balanced offense with a, with a strong running game, it doesn't need to be a top 10 running game. Just be middle of the ground. Don't be last place, which is what they were last year. If they're, if that running game is 16th overall, that, uh, that, that passing game will be much better too. The Steelers' offense finished 12th in scoring last year. And now they have a chance to finish even better if they have an actual running game. If you do those two things, I think they'll be right in the mix in all of these games. And I think they'll also make sure that they get a winning record by the end of the season. Because remember, with 17 games, you can't go 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, you can go 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, and it would be hilarious if they did. But you're looking at 9-8, along those lines. I think there's a lot of people that are ready to... To, to say, aha, Mike Tomlin finally had a losing season. Maybe they will. Maybe someday it'll happen. But I'm willing to bet that these Steelers are going to come out and they're going to be fighting tooth and nail every single week. And again, if they get, if they can get you know, a couple more ads in free agency, if they can get a cornerback to help with the depth there, if they can get a run game going next year, and all that I think will take is maybe one offensive lineman acquisition in the draft and one top-line running back. And you do that, you do, you do those two things, I think that's enough to get this offense going. And then they'll be able to compete with whoever they need to compete with next year as long as they're healthy because that's always a big outlier in all this. And then who knows, maybe... You know, by November next year, we're talking about man, the Steelers got a good record against all this 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 strength of schedule we were talking about. But to me, it's more about the Steelers than it is about whoever they face, even if it is the Seahawks being added to the mix here.
We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we got to talk about Mock Draft Monday because you guys submitted some great picks. I'm going to pick the winner and discuss their picks right after this. You need a snack that's going to both help you get through the rest of your day, but also be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also, don't forget, they help you lose and maintain weight. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone that's currently on a keto diet. Right now, Built Bar has a special promo code for you to get a great deal on their website. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKEDON15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's dive right into Mock Draft Monday. Now, again, we had some important things to talk about, so I didn't give you my newest Mock Draft, but there will be one of that I do later this week on DKPittsburghSports.com, so we'll dive into that then. But we got to announce the winner of this week. There were a lot of really good ones this week, so please don't take it when I don't pick yours in a week. It's not that I hate you or don't have anything. It's just like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of really good picks out there, and a lot of you also are thinking the same way in a lot of things. It's just that there's one thing that goes one way, and I'm like, hey, this one would be really cool to talk about this week. So this week's winner, without further ado, is Rich Hutt. Rich Hutt, congratulations on winning Mock Draft Monday here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, again, if you missed out on this, you can either tweet at me at Carter Critiques, um, or you can go into the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. Uh, just go on Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, uh, ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as possible. And every Friday, I post up a hey Mock Draft Monday post, and you get all weekend to play mock drafts, do it on whatever websites you like. And as long as it's close enough to being realistic and and is something that I think would be a really cool thing to talk about. I will uh, put that in the mix, and I'll, I'll you'll be in the in the running to win that week. And this week, Rich won, so congratulations again, Rich. Let's go over Rich's picks and why I thought this would be interesting to talk about because Rich addressed some key needs, but also got some other needs out the way, and even doubled up a little bit late in the draft. Now, Rich leads off the way that I think the Steelers should lead off, and that's by drafting Najee Harris at 24. Now, there's no guarantee that Najee will be there at 24. The Dolphins still are there at 18. They could very well pick Najee Harris, and he'll be off the board. But if they don't, I think Najee Harris would be a splendid addition to this team because he is that athletic, he's that tough, he doesn't have a whole bunch of tread on him, and he could he could definitely change this team this team around with the way that his vision works. Just you guys have heard me talk about Najee. You know I like him. His next pick at 55 here is Pat Fryermuth. Now, if you don't know who Pat Fryermuth is, he's one of the top tight ends in this year's class. Now, the top tight end is Kyle Pitts. Now, I'll say a few things about Kyle Pitts. One, Kyle Pitts is not your typical tight end. He's more of like a slot guy who's really good at receiving. Um, but he's a, he's big enough to be a tight end. But you know he's gonna go in the top. 15 like Kyle Pitts ain't falling down to the Steelers now the next two guys are Pat Frymouth from from Penn State and Brevin Jordan from Miami I like both of them a lot they both block and they both catch and they're both athletic Pat Frymouth 
I think would be a heck of an addition in the second round. Now, the question is, though, if when you're doing that, when you're going, when you're taking tight end, because that's the thing, is both of those guys, neither of them I consider first-round picks at 24, but both are guys that if they fall to you in the second round, it's interesting, but then do you get the center that you need? Do you get the, the other positions that you need? And that was the question that I had in my mind whenever I've come up come up with these guys, um, unless you trade back. And there have been some interesting trade back mock drafts you guys have put out there. Um, I, you know, I went with this one this week, but again, keep submitting them every week. And uh, who knows, you, maybe yours will get picked. But so after Pat Frownmuth, uh Rich Witt, center, which is where I think that the Steelers should go in the third round. If uh, Quinn Miners is there in the second round from Wisconsin-Whitewater, I will continue beating this drum of the Quinn Miners drum that he needs to get picked by the Steelers because he's a, he looks a very physical center. And if you can sneak him in the third, get him in the third. If you have to get him in the second, it may be even worth it then because I think a lot of teams, he's going up their, their, their draft boards as well, but we'll see. But either way, if you get Quinn Miners, that's usually a one-up for me. Um, you know, for getting me to like your mock draft. Now, this is where it gets really interesting for Rich because he goes with three straight pit players. Now, that goes straight to my heart because one, I'm I'm a pit law grad, so I've pit ties, but I'm also I'm from Pittsburgh, so pit, you know, all things over right there. And I cover pit for DKPittsburghSports.com. So these are guys that I talk to all year. I covered them all year. Um, but he leads off with Patrick Jones at edge, and then double dips and gets Rashad Weaver at edge. Now, the one thing I'll say is. I personally would take Rashad before Patrick. Now, Patrick has had the more complete career at Pitt. He has more sacks than Rashad. Um, he has, I think he's more used to playing out, out there on the edge because Rashad had a, a, an injury that took him out his junior year. But Rashad is more explosive, and I think he's a lot more agile than Patrick. And that's why teams, I think really started to to acknowledge him. He got more All-American nods than Patrick Jones, even though Patrick Jones got more sacks in twenty in 2020. Um, but, I mean, Rashad was a problem everywhere he went. But getting both of them, as Rich does, would mean Ed, Ed's depth is not an issue. One, you'd have chemistry because those two no, dudes know how to work together. They know how to beat people up. Two, now you're saying T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, get your butts off the field, get get a get some water, get a breather, let these two bruisers go in there and help you out. And that is very important in today's NFL. You need to have a rotation of upfront guys to get your your top pass rushers arrested. When you get into the fourth quarter of those late season games, they're still getting after the quarterback. So good on you for picking those guys. Um, interesting pick here, Demar Hamlin, the third straight pit guy you picked here. Now, Rich, Demar. Another Western Pennsylvania dude. He's he's from he's from the area. Went to Pitt. Was a four year starter. I think he's a four year starter. But point being, he is a heck of a veteran. He played safety all across the board. Sometimes he was the deep safety. Sometimes he was the strong safety. Sometimes he was the slot cornerback. I even saw him line up outside ups at times. Demar Hamlin to me would be a perfect addition in the slot for the Steelers. We're all talking about who's going to replace Mike Hilton. I'm not saying Demar would be as good as Mike Hilton right away. But I think that his talents, his athleticism, his wherewithal, his know-how, he would fit really well there. And you could also use him as a safety. DeMar's a very smart player. Anyone who watches him, anyone who's ever worked with him will tell you that. So I think that that would really work out there. Uh, and to me, that was that was like the final stroke in Rich's masterpiece uh, mock draft right here was getting DeMar. He then finishes out with cornerback Marco Wilson and offensive tackle Cole Van Lanen. That, th- that, those are fine. 
But the bottom line is you, you addressed a lot of needs here and you really got the, the depth up at edge rusher. And now this does mean the Steelers will probably need to work on signing an off-ball linebacker to pair with Devin Bush and help with depth there. But who knows? Maybe they get Vince Williams back or Avery Williamson because both of them are still on the market. There's a lot of things they could do there. But, Rich, you did a really good job getting a lot of the Steelers' needs. Congratulations. Remember, if you want your chance to win uh, Mock Draft Monday, just go into the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. You can post there whenever I post this every Friday. You can tweet at me. Um, send, send your mock drafts my way. I always love to evaluate them. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked on Steelers podcast. I mean, again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Also, if you're enjoying my work here, you can see and listen to and watch all my work at DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks again for listening. Remember to rate us five stars. Leave a positive review with those five stars. Um, we got tomorrow. Tony Tuesdays are back. Tony Serino and I will be talking it up. He's got some conspiracies coming your way. All that and more tomorrow.